Hello everyone, my name is Andrei Wancha and I'm a second year international sports management student at The Hague University. In today's episode, I will talk together with my guest about the tennis umpires. The last few years were very hard for the world of sports because of the coronavirus pandemic and finally everything seems to be back to normal. And this is a new normal as many changes have happened in the industry. And this is how I have also started thinking about the research question and the main topic of today's episode. How has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted the tennis line umpires? This is a problem I have also experienced myself as a tennis umpire. So, let's start with a little introduction. The term umpire confuses many people because when they hear it, they immediately think of the chair umpire. The term tennis umpire represents the umbrella for chair umpire, line umpire, referee and the chief umpire. And before talking to my today's guest, it is essential also to understand the main topic better. When thinking about tennis, everybody immediately thinks of the tennis players, as it is also normal because they are the stars and the main reason the sport is alive. Recently, with the operation of the COVID-19 pandemic, there has been even more focus on the players to see if they respect all the regulations and they get vaccinated themselves. On the other side, many people forgot about another very important aspect of tennis, the umpires. And as Riganese stated in his thesis in 2022, being a tennis umpire is not an easy job. This is also because of the speed that the balls can have when they are hit by the professional tennis players and the serve can easily get up to 220 to 230 kilometers an hour. According to Raibo, Jatra, Prabo, Nopianto and Ilahi from the research done in 2021, the level of anxiety for a tennis line umpire is very high and when being on the tennis court, they are under pressure of not making a mistake. And this feeling is even more prominent nowadays, as the job of a line umpire is in jeopardy after the world has recovered from the pandemic. There is not much research done on how the pandemic has impacted the line umpires, as this topic is relatively new, but I will dig as deep as possible to showcase the impacts COVID-19 had on the tennis line umpires. In 2022, Anbarchi and Ismail published a paper entitled AI-powered tiebreak mechanisms, an application to chess, in which they also mentioned that due to the COVID-19 pandemic, major tennis tournaments replaced human line umpires with the Hawkeye Live technology. The first tournament that did so was the Cincinnati Open in 2020, a Masters 1000 in the United States of America. Furthermore, Sky Sports stated that the Australian Open 2021 was the first Grand Slam in which all the courts had electronic line calling. Yao Baorong 
stated in his paper from 2014 that the Hawkeye feature was added to the tennis tournaments for the first time ever in 2008 when the ITF, ATP and WTA agreed on it. Since then, it had seen significant improvements until this day when it is used in plenty of tennis tournaments. Looking into this subject and analyzing how line umpires are affected by this phenomenon combined with the pandemic seems very appropriate as more and more tournaments adopt this feature and more people are left out of the industry. So, how has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted the tennis line umpires? And is there a future for them? These questions will be answered by today's guest, Lucian Stanjulescu. Lucian is a chair umpire certified by the ITF with a bronze badge since 2009. He started officiating tennis at the age of 20 in Romania, and he has umpired more than 2,000 international tennis matches and is now one of the most experienced chair umpires the Romanian officiating has ever had. He has also been a line umpire at all four Grand Slams, Australian Open, Roland Garros, Wimbledon and US Open and he said that his favorite was the one from France. Since 2015, he has been entirely focusing on being a chair umpire and is traveling around the world for around 25 to 30 weeks a year. So who better to talk about and try to answer my questions than Lucian? Hi Lucian, thank you for accepting my invitation to the podcast. Uh, how are you? Hi, um, I'm good, thank you. I'm uh, I'm home for a few days, so uh, pretty good. Okay, so a, a pretty chill period for you, for you. Yeah, not necessarily because I'm in between tournaments, but yeah, at least I'm home now for a few days and I'm trying to make the most of it. Okay, uh, let's get uh, straight into the subject. Uh, can you please describe how your journey started in the officiating world of tennis? Sure. Um, well, I, I started playing um, and obviously as the vast majority of uh, umpires, I was not really good enough to uh, have a playing career. But to my credit, I was smart enough to realize pretty early uh, that I was not going to make it ever as a tennis player. So when I was 19, I uh, decided to switch to officiating because um, it seemed to me as the normal thing to do once I stopped uh, playing. Okay. And what was the moment that made you say, okay, this is what I want to do with my life and I want to become a professional chair umpire? Uh, well, I, I had always been into officiating. Uh, I mean, even as a player, um, let's say after practice or, you know, during normal days, I would um, follow matches on TV. I would uh, be very interested in chair umpires. I would... Uh, even uh, you know, score a match in front of uh, in front of the TV. Um, have a little notebook where I would uh, I would keep the scores and I would um, uh, you know be very interested in what the chair umpire does, uh, what they say. Um, so I've always been very interested in this part. I have never 
taking an interest in um, in coaching. So therefore, you know, once you stop playing, there are only two alternatives to remain in this tennis world. Either you become an official or you become a coach. And for me, the coaching side has never been on the table. So um, it, it came naturally. Okay. And I know that every chair umpire previously in previously he is a line umpire and i know that it was also the case for you uh and i would like to focus on that aspect for a little bit what was the first tournament that you did as a line umpire and how did this career started um yeah i mean this uh, used to be the case a lot uh, when i started nowadays not that much but um yeah i mean you would start on the lines and then you would slowly work your way up to to being a chair umpire my first tournament on the lines was the atp event in bucharest which uh, i worked in 2004 for the very first time i just did a few days and then i got cut on the first uh, on the first selection which i think was after tuesday of the main draw but um it was a really interesting experience you know i um i uh, was already into officiating at that time i had started doing some chairs some national chairs and um and was very interested in also in line umpiring so this was uh, it, it was held back then in in september and um and this was my first ever event as a as a line umpire the the atp 215 in, uh, in bucharest and you've traveled a lot and uh, both as a line umpire and chair umpire how does the life of a line umpire look like and how is it different from a chair umpire life? Uh, well, I mean, there are a lot of similarities, but there are also a few differences. Um, both involve a lot of a lot of traveling, a lot of time away from home. Um, the the differences come, let's say, when it when it comes to conditions. I mean, definitely chair umpires get better conditions than line umpires. And also uh, another, let's say, uh, significant difference is that as a line umpire, your responsibility is quite limited. I mean, you absolutely, you need to be professional. You need to, to uh, abide by the code of conduct and by tournament regulations and everything. But... Uh, your responsibility within a tournament is limited to the line you are assigned, to the uh, line umpire schedule that, that you are given every day, um, as opposed to the, to the chair umpire who, um, during a tournament, except uh, doing his matches on the chair, uh, also has additional duties like evaluating other chair umpires, or um, you know, taking part in different uh, different meetings on different topics. So there are a lot of similarities, but there are also differences. Okay. And over the years, you've traveled a lot, and obviously, you've made a lot of friends on the tour. Uh, was it hard to stay connected in uh, the, during the pandemic, as you were not meeting each other at the tournaments and you were not chatting with each other? Uh... Yeah, well, the pandemic was a very um, was a very difficult period uh, for for tennis umpires because um, you know, be it a line umpire or a chair umpire or even a referee, you you cannot work remote. I mean that that's 
that's not an option for us. Thanks to thanks to nowadays technology, it it was it kept us in touch and it kept me in touch with uh, with a few good friends around the, around the world. And are there any people that you know that during the pandemic stopped officiating because of the huge impact it had? Yes, quite a few, quite a okay. few, quite a few. I mean, um, a significant number of officials have uh, either completely stopped or reduced their workload to an absolute minimum because uh, we were stuck for what? But the best part of two years, even even a bit longer. So of course, people had to find the, to find alternatives in in this situation. And um, yeah, I mean, generally, uh, officiating lost a lot of a lot of people during the pandemic. And how did you manage during this period? Um, well, I mean, um, it, it was it was very difficult to to be honest. And um, for the first few months, uh, I was totally at home doing absolutely nothing because everything was uh, was blocked. Uh, then slowly, slowly, you know, um, a few uh, countries started organizing these um, exhibition tournaments, these friendly matches. There's nothing, um, nothing official because officially tennis was not allowed to restart. So basically, um, I think five or six months into the pandemic, I worked my first events in uh, in Germany, which were um, was a series of uh, of exhibition events. Um, that was yeah, I think early September, and uh, that was that that took a month, a month and a half, and a half. I think there were five or six weeks that um, that were organized in Germany. Um, totally uh, unofficial, you know, with quite good players, but uh, nothing, nothing under um, ITF or ATP or WTA governance. Okay, and now with the Hawkeye Life technology emerging and more and more tournaments adopting this feature, how uh, how do they approach the line umpires problem, and do you see a future for them in in this uh, world? Yeah, it's a it's a tough uh, tough question, but a very realistic one because um, uh, the world changed dramatically after the pandemic, uh, and I mean our officiating world um, compared to when I started twenty years ago, uh, when there was no electronic system, no nothing. It was just basically line umpires working uh, tournaments in different countries, different surfaces. Now, um, slowly, slowly, these electronic systems have uh, be, have been introduced, and um, they were uh, used and uh, some of them tested before the pandemic. So basically, we as officials, we all knew that change is coming and um, it is unavoidable. We just did not expect that uh, the pandemic would change it so quickly. We expected a few more years because before these uh, electronic line calling systems took over. Um, if there is a future for line umpires, well, I I doubt it. I strongly doubt it because, um, for instance, two of the four Grand Slams at the moment are using electronic line calling. So Australia and the and the U.S. Open are not using line umpires anymore. So that's 50% of the, of the Grand Slams. And then a lot of tour events, a lot of ATP and WTA events, 
um, have have tested and are now using uh, this uh, this Hawkeye Live. It has also been tested on clay, and um, at the moment it's it's used on clay with line umpires, just like the old Hawkeye system. But there is talk that uh, also Hawkeye Live could be introduced on clay as well. So I would say it's um, it's a very difficult moment for line umpires, and I would say that whoever wants to get involved uh, and start officiating should do that as soon as possible because um, my feeling is that in a few in a few years and I mean three or four years line umpires will be uh, very hard to find it's it's like an endangered species to be to be exact okay and you mentioned about uh, that play tournaments are also introducing the Hawkeye technology with line umpires why didn't the clay tournaments do this earlier and why they kept the line umpires without any Hawkeye? Because we've seen many, many cases where chair umpires had problems when reading the mark on, on the court. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, um, this, this electronic line calling technology was first uh, thought for the, for the hard courts. Um, I, I think also tournaments are still interested in keeping this human element, this this um, the line umpires, because um, it does make it more attractive. It does make it 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 you know it it, it looks um, it is classic. It is classic, and um, that's why uh, let's say to tournaments like Wimbledon or Roland Garros out of the Grand Slams, they are still using line umpires. And I think they're going to push for using line umpires as long as possible. Okay. And on one side, you mentioned that the tournaments want to keep the line umpires to have a human element in the game. But how do the players perceive the line umpires now that the Hawkeye is becoming more and more popular? Uh, well, I mean, um, I think opinions are, are mixed. I think... Some of the people, some of the players, uh, are quite comfortable with line umpires still because, uh, generally for tour events like WTA and ATP tour events, you get very good line umpires, and basically the quality of officiating is is quite good. Generally, I would say players are not that eager to get rid of the line umpires. I mean, the the very extremely few situations uh, where where players uh, have express themselves saying i would rather have hawkeye live than than working with uh, than than playing with a team of line umpires so that that's pretty positive for us i would say and i know that you were a lecturer at a local officiating school in romania a couple of weeks ago uh is the process different now in recruiting uh, new umpires and is there a smaller request than before for uh, to become a line umpire? Well, I mean, the, the process is pretty much the same. We, we all start by attending local officiating schools, then national officiating schools, and then moving on to international levels like uh, white badge schools and international schools. Uh, I would say the process is still the same. Uh, what has changed is the opportunities that come once you pass the school. Um, at the moment, uh, I know... Romania is still trying to um, get as many line umpires as possible involved. We have uh, five 
five um, ATP or WTA events that use line umpires in um, in a calendar year. And um, we try also to uh, to uh, do different exchanges with different countries uh, for line umpire positions. Uh, but definitely the, the range of, uh, of opportunities has lessened. And uh, one last question about yourself. Uh, how does uh, your calendar look like in the next uh, few months? Uh, pretty busy, pretty busy. Uh, I'm just, um, as I told you, I'm home for a few days. I'm, I'm leaving Saturday for um, a 60K ITF event in Switzerland and then going straight from there to uh, a month in Georgia for uh, other ITF events, men's and women's. And then um, at the beginning of June, I'm doing a um, quite a an interesting tournament, which is um, like the the games of the small states of Europe. It's um, yeah, it, it sounds uh, it sounds a bit funny, but um, it's sort of the Olympics of the very small states of Europe. Countries like Andorra and Luxembourg and Liechtenstein, uh, they get together and um, and organize these games. And tennis is one of the events that they're doing. So I'm going to do that for a week. Um, then uh, I'm going to Denmark for a men's event. Um, and then and then at the beginning of July, I'm doing two weeks in uh, in Romania, the ATP and WTA in, in Yash. Um, then I'm going to be heading back to Switzerland for a challenger event and another two ITF events. So basically my calendar is set pretty much until half of September, I would say. Okay. okay. Uh, thank you very much for uh, uh, talking in my podcast and good luck uh, for the, for this season. Thank you very much for having me. It was such a big pleasure to have this conversation with Lucian and it helped in understanding certain things when it comes to the impact the pandemic had on the tennis line umpires and the game in general. First of all, the game is changing continuously and it is evolving. The governing body is trying to come up with innovations. The Hawkeye Life technology is becoming extremely popular among tennis tournaments and as Lucian stated, the change is coming much faster than it was anticipated because of the pandemic. Furthermore, plenty of officials stopped doing this job after the virus struck the world and they started working in other places. On the other side, this opened a lot of doors for experienced officials that now have more opportunities to work as the demand for umpires with experience is much higher now than before. A good aspect regarding the line umpires is that the players are still supporting them in majority and they still need the human element in the game as Lucian also said that Roland Garros and Wimbledon are also pushing for it. Another pro regarding the human line umpires against the future is that even though the Hawkeye Life technology was tested so far with success, there is always the risk of having faults and not being able to be used suddenly in the middle of a tennis match. 
Lucian's statements were very clear and he answered my questions without any hesitation when it came to the impacts the pandemic had on the line empires and what is their future. He doesn't see such a bright future for them and he believes that in three to four years the line empires will be very difficult to be found and whoever wants to start officiating should do that as soon as possible. I was Andrei Wancha and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you. Bye.